You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio 2.0, where we embrace the uncomfortable conversations that are connected to our purpose. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio 2.0. Yes, we are live on a Wednesday night. You know, usually we're live Monday nights, but tonight we're live on Wednesday night. And I want you guys to get ready because over the next four weeks or so, or going into December, we have two shows a week, I believe it is. Uh, you can find that schedule out by visiting the website. We have some amazing guests. We got an amazing guest on tonight as well. Listen, as a, again, I say welcome to Transformation Radio 2.0, where we provide a safe space for the uncomfortable and unpopular conversations that are connected to our personal life transformations. Listen, my name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, transformation coach, author, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose, all right? Now, before we get to our guest on tonight, I want to thank Ms. Javon Mason once again for giving us this opportunity, you know, uh, on her network with our show. Thank you, Ms. Uh, Javon Mason. 
Without you, there would be no Transformation Radio nor Transformation Radio 2.0. So we appreciate you. All right, let's go. I simply want to remind everyone that this show is a safe space for people with diverse backgrounds and belief systems. I always open up the phone lines throughout the show for those interested in calling in and communicating with myself, our guests, and other callers as well, all right? Please understand that due to our limited time, I must limit callers' time to one minute. I will cut you off. I don't want you to take offense to me cutting you off, but understand I want to give our guests enough time to share the story that they came on to share with us, okay? Also, callers, you are expected to be respectful of our um, of our guests, myself, and other callers that call in at all times, at all times being the key phrase there, all right? Yes, we all have the right to disagree with each other. However, we are expected to do so in a manner that displays respect, and I believe that when we are willing to listen from such a space, we end up learning and growing together, all right? The call-in number tonight, again, is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. So now, without further ado, let's get jump right into the conversation with our guest on tonight. And our guest tonight is the one and only. He is a future Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter and so many other things that could be said about him, Mr. Demetrius Moore. Demetrius, welcome to the show, sir. It's good to be here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We thank we're grateful that you came on once again. The guys, those who know what you watched the original show or listened to the original show, you understand we had some technical difficulties, and he still saw fit to come back once again and do it all over again. So we're grateful for him working with us and being understanding of our growing pains. So thank you again, Absolutely. Demetrius. Absolutely. All right, so let's start with a game of word association, okay? okay. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to – not the, this is not the singing one yet. Not yet, okay? I'm going to say a Thank word, God. and I want you to tell us either the first word that comes to mind when you hear that word or what that specific word means to you. Sounds good. Okay. First word, transformation. Oh, that's a good one. Transformation. Ultimately, to me, we view that word in a way that you're changing from one thing to another thing. But for me, transformation just simply means you becoming aware of who you are and living your life in that space. I like that because I always view transformation in a similar manner because I used to watch the Transformers when uh, okay. I was a kid. And the theme song always said Transformers more than meets the eye. So I always think right. transformation is not that I'm changing. I'm just evolving and becoming more aware Absolutely. of who I am and not afraid to express who I am anymore. So I like that. Yes, sir. All right, number two. Number two is purpose. Purpose. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what we're 
all ultimately placed here for. It is that one thing that you wake up in the morning doing that that you cannot help, that you've tried to get away from, but it always finds you. And that's the thing about purpose for me. It's not something that we have to set out to discover, but your true purpose, it will find you wherever you are, whether you think you're ready for it or not, whether you, whether you think you're prepared for it or not, whether you think you have the education to tackle that purpose or not, your purpose will find you. And so that's what it is. We're here. That's why we're all here. Now that, again, that's another answer that I love because um, you said your purpose will find you. And I find myself, a lot of people always ask me that. That's probably like the number one question I get as a life coach is, well, how do I find my purpose? How do I discover my purpose? And my answer or my response is always the same thing that you say said, your purpose will find you. You'll find yourself yes, just sir. walking along, enjoying yourself, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, it goes off like an aha moment, and you realize now my purpose has found me. I don't have to look yes, for my purpose. Yes, All right, sir. I like yes, that. Okay. All right, here we go. Number three, music. Music is life. Like, I mean, of course, you're talking to a musician, so music Definitely. is everything. It's life. It is breath. I Music has been one of the most consistent things in my life. Um, whenever I'm feeling whatever it is that I'm feeling or encountering or going through or experiencing, there is music that can come in and sometimes it'll soothe me and sometimes it'll just <laughs> further enhance what I'm feeling in that moment. But whatever it is, music is a constant. It's life. It is it is to me a necessity. It gets me where I need to go. It lifts my spirit. Sometimes when you don't want your spirit lifted, everybody that's ever been through a breakup can nobody can tell me that you <laughs> didn't sit up and listen to Breakup songs or songs that made you feel better about leaving the person that you left. Like, that's what music is. And I'm glad you said that last part because that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that, you know, music is so awesome. It's so powerful. It's such a key component of many of our lives, even if, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not musically gifted or talented. Um, But... Mm -hmm. I remember when I was going through my divorce, and Adele is one of my favorite singers of all time. Like, I could sit Come there on. and just fall right to sleep. But I realized when I was going through some of those moments that I had to stop listen to, listening to some of the Adele songs because yes, sir. even if I had made up my mind that I was going to be beyond something, Adele has a way of conveying a message that will pull you right back to what you said Listen. you were beyond. <laughs> I know it. So, yes. Yes, sir. Yes. That, I'm glad. That was so funny you said that because that's exactly what I was going to say. All right. Next word. Ministry. Wow. Ministry. I The only word that I could liken that to is servanthood for me. Mm. Um. Um, We take ministry a lot of, I won't say we, I won't box everybody in, but a lot of people, especially who are in the church world, 
view ministry as a stage, a spotlight, and a microphone. Mm-hmm. When in all reality, ministry should mean an apron and a washcloth. I'm at your disposal. I am here to serve. Because all ministry is, is help. You didn't, mm-hmm. very rarely you saw Jesus, you didn't hear much about his, his preaching or yada, yada, yada. But what you did hear was he went down there with the harlot. He went down there. Right. He ran right. close with, with Peter, who was a cousin, and a fighter. Come on, somebody, because that's my testimony. Right. You right. don't hear about him saying, I am perfect, and you need to do everything like I do it. But what he did, he went down and he got on whomever level, whomever's level that he needed to and said, hey, I'm just like you. What can I do to serve you? What can I do to help you? I, I say this all the time. When we go out to eat, we expect impeccable service. If mm-hmm. your waiter doesn't bring you, refill your drink enough, you're not going to leave him a tip. Why is it then so that we take ministry and say, I am entitled. You do this, you do this, you do this. Mm-hmm. No, that's not ministry to me. Ministry is 100% servanthood. It is 0% ego. It is 0% skill. It is 0% gift because those things can only take you so far. Okay, I'm done. I know we got to move on. No, you're good. We we can stay right there because I I wanted to stay right there because I wanted to ask you, how do you think we got to the, uh, you know, in general, the church culture got to the place where ministry for the most part, no longer is about the apron and the washcloth. Now it's about the stage and the microphone and the 15 armor bearers. And, you know, (laughs) how did we get there? In my own opinion, I would believe that the people around us have a lot to do with how we think and how we operate. Mm -hmm. And so... I see a lot of people who surround themselves with yes men and yeah. surround themselves with people who do not hold them accountable right. and surround themselves with people who don't really care what you do as long as, you know, we're in the spotlight with you. And I think that that plays a lot into that. I am a person who likes to be around people who will call me out on my Excuse my French on my BS, you know. Don't tell me, yeah, good job, and I, I, I was sucky, you know. Tell me the real. Right. And I think that that plays a lot into it. I, I think that the church has a great reputation of building up idols, and Mm. when you do that, you, you don't only build idols, but you also build egos. Yes. And you can't have ego in ministry, in my opinion. And you know what I, I – no, I totally agree with you. And you know what I found out? You said they build egos in ministry, right? And mm-hmm. um, And idols. They build egos and idols. And mm-hmm. here's my thing with it. Is, and this is the part that really grinds my gears or really hurts me when it comes to ministry. 
is that the same people that will build your ego, pump you up, you know, exalt you, put you on this great pedestal, are the same ones that when you fall, you know, according yes, to their system, are, are the same ones that will turn around and they'll begin to stone you. Absolutely. Why do you think we you know have that, that culture? Go ahead. Good. I'm glad that you That culture exists. <laughs> that culture exists because a lot of those people that will build you up and will toot your horn and say, yes, you're doing a good job. First of all, some of those people are already waiting on your first, on your first failure. Secondly, people are attached to you as long as you can continue dragging them along. <laughs> At this point in my life, I'm not interested in dragging anybody. Either we're going to go together or you're going to miss it or you're going to get there in your own time. But I cannot afford to keep dragging you and dragging, especially when you know better. People will pump you up and sing your praises as long as they benefit from it in some way. But you know, because people who truly believe in you, in your giftings, in your calling, in your anointing, in your purpose, they will never turn their backs on you. And if you ever encounter someone turning their backs on you or you make a mistake and they rid themselves of you, you then need to question whether they were really with you or not. Because a person who believes in me, they know me. They know that I am human. Right. They know that I am prone to mistakes. Yeah. And I'll go even deeper. I, The people mm-hmm. that I keep close to me, that I confide in, that are in my circle, those people, mm-hmm. they don't only know the good side of me. They know all of me. They know my proclivities. Right. They know right, right, if you're right. going to get to Demetrius, right. this is how you're going to do it. They know right. what pisses me off. They know how I act when it pisses me off. These are the people that I surround myself with because they're, in those moments, they're going to say to me, yeah, you weren't unrational in the way that you reacted. However, that's out of your character. However, that's not something that you can afford to do. However, that's not what we do when we're on the journey that we're on. And those people I applaud and I appreciate. Definitely. And, you know, those people are so rare. You know, they are so rare. And I tell people, I was just watching a YouTube video um, of these two, they call themselves the Blood Brothers, but they grew up together and they're tight like real brothers. But they had a falling out and they were getting on, they used to record YouTube videos together, like they're in the sports and stuff like that. And they had a falling out, and for like a whole year, they didn't communicate with each other. And the video I was just watching was them reuniting and sharing with the world, you know, listen, we had a falling out, um, and it was something that we should have communicated with each other. And they said, but we think we need it this year to happen because we've all been around different people. And one of the things that we realized was that we were around people that still wasn't getting who we were around people that we Mm. couldn't become vulnerable around because Mm. they only wanted us to carry them to where we were going. And I thought Mm -hmm. about that as you were saying what you were saying, because that is so true. That is so true. And I tell people, I don't need you around me if you think that I'm just sitting up speaking in tongues all day. Because that's far from me. (laughs) That is far from me. I may speak in a tongue, but it's not going to be the same tongue that you might be used to, accustomed to me speaking okay. in. If I'm, 
it, you know, in in the spirit or whatever. Um, and I don't need people around me that that can't handle that. And I think that you know Absolutely. that's where the shift in the, in the, in the paradigm has to take place is where uh, when I grew up, I used to think that ministry or that even serving God wasn't even a mm-hmm. choice for me. Because right. nobody really would strip it all back and say, listen, I'm, this is me. I still struggle with this. I still do this. I still go here. I still do, this. you know, everybody was sneaking around doing things, but they never, right. you know, came out and spoke to you about it. So you got this mindset of, well, I don't even feel worthy enough to serve God. And I purposed in my heart yes, and mind please. that I would not be like that because that's not ministry to me. That's a show. You hear me? That's religion. That's a show. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good. This that I like that right there. Okay, let's go on. Here we go. Family. Family. Oh my goodness. So many things. Family is everything to me. And today we live in a world where you know, a lot of people are estranged from their biological families or their blood relations. But the beautiful thing about the world that we live in is you can now have the opportunity to create family. And I yeah. try my best in every way to live my life on a daily basis in the way that I am open to, to love, however it comes, from whomever it comes. When we put our expectations on things, things will always fail. I don't look at a person and say, oh, they're this or they're not this enough. I can't associate with them or, no, I don't need to keep them around me. I I have my family. Thank God I have a wonderful biological family that I love and that love me, embrace me. We consistently love on each other. That's all we do. We tie. I have a few friends, but my family is is my core. Mm-hmm. But also, I have family that haven't always been family. I have people who have become family to me. Definitely. And it doesn't matter where you are or where you stand with the people who birthed you or, you know, anything like that you still have the opportunity to have family and to create that. You have to be open to that. And you also have to be willing to be that to people that you may encounter. Definitely. Uh, and I, I can't think of that uh, being with the statement you just said more important than such a time as this is because uh, with it being, you know, tomorrow being Thanksgiving and, I see it every year on Facebook, but I also think about it as well, um, you know, where it said those who are part of the uh, – my heart goes out to those who are part of the LBGT community, um, and I stop at those letters because I can't remember all the other letters. But <laughs> um, I, it's so many I just can't remember. But, uh, you know, during these times, they can't go home to their family because mm-hmm. they made the choice to come out, you know. But I also take it beyond there because there's other situations that happen, you know, with families where people can't go home to their families. So I always try to be a, um, 
a safe space as well for individuals to understand I'm your family now. And I thank God for that, for you having that mindset and others having that mindset because I believe that that's the missing element sometimes in Mm -hmm. people understanding who they are and having a understand the value of who they are. Absolutely. I want to add before we move on that Mm -hmm. it, oh, oh goodness, so much. You good. I'm going to go back to what you said about the LGBTQRFTUVWXYMZ community. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I want to get all the letters so I can say them all so I don't miss none. But right. a lot of times I, I truly believe the mistake that a lot of families make is that they think that their loved one um, needs their acceptance. But your acceptance is never a requirement. But what is always necessary is love and compassion. The scripture says, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. If you are saying to me that you love me, but you will rid yourself of me because you don't like who I go to bed with or who I date or some of the decisions that I've made, then you don't truly love me. What greater love is this than a man who would lay down his life for a friend? If he did that for a friend, how much more should you do for your own family? Right. And and we're going to stay right there. Okay. Oh, go ahead. You finish. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I was just going to say it's never – never a, a, a question of acceptance because you don't have to yeah. accept me and you don't have to agree with me for us to love each other and it can be a mutual beneficial love that causes both of us to grow even if you don't like what I'm doing right and all I was going to say is that you're so right with that and I was going to say the whole um, acceptance um, I when I came out, probably about what, about nine years now? I don't remember how many years it's been. But I remember my god sister and myself, we had a falling out. Um, well, more or less wasn't a falling out on my part because it was, you know, a falling out on her part. But we didn't talk until this year. I think she wrote me on Facebook this year, and she apologized for the way that she handled wow. it. This went in. I mean, she really went in. This went in. And um, she apologized for the way that she handled it, and she was like, I just want you to know I love you. I miss you. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't agree with you, um, I just want you to know I love you. And I said, you know, uh, I'm not going to say her name on here. But I said, I just want you to understand, I never wanted you nor anybody else to accept who I was or to agree Mm -hmm. with who I was. Mm -hmm. I just wanted us to be able to function the way that we've always functioned. Um, To me, I feel like, I don't want to say that's a small part of me, but it's so much more to me than that. And I feel like, this might sound arrogant, I really don't care that it sounds arrogant, but I'm like, there's so much to me that you don't want to be a part of my life just for that little part Listen. of me. That's not. Listen. Hear me. That's, 
So that that is so true. To, and I think that a lot of people need to sit down and have that conversation. But the sad part about it is many won't even sit down to have the conversation to mm-hmm. understand, I don't need you to accept who I am. I don't Absolutely. need you to agree with who I am. Just love me. I love you and all of your stuff. <laughs> you know, so Hear me? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And and a, that is so a true. lot of it is is it's not even we have to recognize that a lot of the things that we deal with or encounter are not necessarily reflections of the people who project those things onto us, but a mm-hmm. lot of it is truly out of ignorance and the level of understanding that that person has. And the sooner we recognize that, the better. Nobody's going to ever, everybody's not going to agree with everything. And they don't have to. But what I have started to do in my life is when I understand that we vibrate on different frequencies, and when I say different frequencies, I mean that you vibrate yeah. a little lower than I do. Come I'm on. not. It is not my duty to say, "Oh, you need to fix it. You need to change. You need to get better." It is my duty no. to continue to vibrate on my high frequency. And if you want to be where I am, you're going to have to rise up to where I am because I'm definitely not going to stoop down to where you are to enable you. Absolutely. I'm not coming down, not at all. No, 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 yeah, no. I love, I love being in the space that I'm in too much to go, go compromise with something. I totally agree with that. That, that's good right there. And we, now we talked about family. Now, friend, friendship. What does the word friend mean to you? Because um, I feel like it's lost its salt over the years, mm-hmm. and I think some of it is you know, due to social media because, you know, you have the option of being somebody's friend. And I then mean, sometimes, just click a button. Yeah. And and then I'm going to tell you, I've I've encountered people where they click, you click the button, you, you allow them in your space, you know, a, a portion of your space, and now they think, like, they really know you know you. Like, hmm. like dog, <laughs> what? We we're not we're not on that level. Now, I've met some people on mm-hmm. you know social media where I've allowed them into you know to to get to know me. Like friendship has really developed. But like I think Facebook and Instagram, well at least Instagram, you have to follow people. But Facebook having right. that friendship word, I think that it has really skewed the perception of what friendship is. So I want to know from you, what is friendship? Absolutely. Well, I would first like to say that for everybody who's listening, in I'm sure some of my Facebook friends are listening, who I am on Facebook is not who I am. It is not mm. even, it is not even 10% of the yes. Demetrius that exists daily. And a lot of people take what you see, because I'm going to tell you this, <clears throat> what you see on my Facebook, on my Instagram, what else do I have, and, and my Snapchat, everything you see, you only see what I show you. 
Yes. I post there what I am comfortable with you seeing. It is not my life. It is a very small portion of a very intricate life that I live. And to me, to get back to your question, friendship, Mm -hmm. it truly just means that I have come into relationship with a person who, if they do not already know or understand me, is committed to knowing and understanding me. And that means the good parts of me, and that means the parts of me that you would deem not so good. We are committed to not only knowing and understanding each other, but to the growth and to the development of one another. And I think you hit up that the word that you hit in there is is one of the greatest responses that you can have, and that word is committed, 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 committed to learn, to understand, to embrace, to help push, you know, to encourage, to call to the carpet if needed, you know. So I, that is yes, so true sir. to me. I, that, that hurts me sometimes because sometimes I uh, covenant relationship is very important to me. And mm-hmm. when I look at friendship, I think of friendship as a covenant relationship as well. Yes, so sir. when I hear, and, and, I, and it might be my age as well, I'm going to turn 40 next month, but it may be that too. I hate to hear when people be like, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. <laughs> and my, my mindset of it is a best friend is, and I remember when I was uh, in a previous relationship, they had somebody that they would call their best friend. And I was like, oh, that's what's up. Because I'm thinking, that's your best friend. That's the person you trust. That's the one you can confide in. Y'all can have fun together. You can trip together. Y'all got some secrets together, you know, that you can tell them you haven't told anybody else. And they begin to tell me, you know, oh, no, 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 I don't trust them. I'm still thinking, why do you call them? But that's your best friend. Why do you call them your Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm confused. Like that's why I really feel like the value or the even the essence or the salt of where friendship is has been lost. And I attribute some of that to social media because of the fact that you can click that button and and I've even gotten word that some people who have been my friend on social media have talked to other people as if like, yo, we are tight. And I'm sitting at huh? mm-hmm. <laughs> We oh, don't yeah. even have a thread. There's the you Been like there. some stuff of mine, I like some stuff of yours, but we don't even have we haven't inboxed each other at all, but we're what? So that's why I really wanted to to, to see what you thought concerning the whole friendship thing because I really value friendship and family. Like I take that thing very serious. So I wanted to ask you that question. Now here's the last word before we move on. <laughs> Food. Food, food. Like F-O-O-D? <laughs> F-O-O-D, food. I mean, food is up there with God. I can't live without it. <laughs> Hear me. <laughs> I, listen, I love food. I love to eat. Like, no question. That's done. Done deal. 
food is everything to me. I love good food. Let me specify what I mean when I say good food. Because I am from Arkansas. I'm a country boy. To the day I die, I eat. I like greens. I like cornbread. I like beans, fried chicken. Give me all of that. Neck bones, turkey necks, roast beef. Listen, I would rather eat than have friends. I would rather eat, and I love to sing, but if it comes down to eating or singing, I'm going to eat. Hear me. Food is life. Oh, I love it. I only added that in there because I knew how you feel about food. So that's why I wanted to Listen, end it on that. Because I wanted, wanted you to. <laughs> but I feel you there. You know, I feel you. Whew, I love me some food. That makes me want to just uh, order out right here while I'm on this lawn right now. Listen, but um, I cannot. I'm telling you. So we played the game. Now here, here's what I want you to do next, all right? I want you to give us a little backdrop about Demetrius. I want to know how Demetrius was growing up as a child, as a teenager, um, now being in your 20s, you know, in your early 20s. And then, you know, now you, you're kind of leaning more towards the end part of your mm-hmm. 20s. But, yes, still mm-hmm. close to me. Still close to me. <laughs> let me fix it, please. Still close to your early twenties, all right? I, I, I am see, not. I, I, I'm I, not. I brought it back full I, circle. I appreciate <laughs> but, you it. Know, I appreciate <laughs> it. Because you was like, mmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, tell us about yourself, you know, how it was growing up and all of those things. Okay. Well, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm from Arkansas, a relatively small town. I mean, we have a population of about maybe 2,000, and that I'm being generous. Um, and so I grew up in a town where everybody knows everybody, and I had the privilege of being a pastor's kid. So I was known before I was known. Before I knew who I was, they knew who I was. And so... Um, I lived a relatively normal childhood. I had loving parents. I'm the oldest of four siblings um, who I love and adore and will go to jail for, let's be clear. Um, But, you know, I grew up typical church kid. I did well academically in school. Um, Was kind of popular just because everybody knew me, knew my family. Um, and then those teenage years, uh, that's when I began to truly come into the me that I am and, or not even come into, but just know that there was more to me than I'd shown or that I'd even known. And so those years got to be a bit awkward, um, attitude started to kind of grow a little bit um but after that school 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 graduated um the year I graduated my youngest sibling was born so I'm about almost 18 years older than my baby brother um 
but I graduated, went to school, and I began to discover myself more right. in a more hands-on way. And <laughs> always knew, I want to be very clear about that, <laughs> listen, but I always I got knew you, I got that I was called to to something. And when I was much younger, I tried to put my calling on anything that I thought I was good at. So if I could sing, mm. I was called to do that. Or if I was an okay teacher, I was called to do that. And it wasn't until probably about three years ago, honestly, that I began to realize, one, that you do not have to limit yourself to a specific area that you can be called to many things and you can be great at many things and you can succeed and excel at many things. And now where I am in my life, I'm going to do everything that I was purposed to do. Everything that is in me before I die, I am going to get it out of me. I am going to be the awesome songwriter that I know I am. I'm going to be the awesome educator that I know I am. And I'm not, I'm going to lack nothing. I can give every area of me 100% because I now know who I am. Awesome. And I like how you even talked about the transitions that you went through as well, you know, in growing up and developing and, you know, finding yourself. Now, I want to talk about this Just Demetrius again. Uh, I know we okay. talked about it the last time. Uh, but can you give us a little understanding of, you know, why Just Demetrius, how you came up with it, all of those things? Yes, sir. Ultimately, it's just the fact that the work means more than the title does to me. Yes. I think that when we begin to put a lot of things before our name, be it Mr., Mrs., uh, Pastor, Prophet, Elder, whatever it is, that we kind of lose sight of the work and focus Mm -hmm. more on the title. Because what I've seen more often than not in my life is that the title brings a lot of unwarranted entitlement. Yes. And just because you have a license, just because you have a degree, just because you have a Ph.D., now we are, oh, I'm doctor, so this is the way it needs to be. So for me, I don't need any of that. Because if I was ever called to be a pastor or a psalmist or a prophet or a minister or a teacher or a preacher, I was always that. And I did not need your validation to be that. Right. So it's just Demetrius. Because I might be preaching tonight and I might cut you out later on tonight. It's okay. Just, just That's why you can just call me what my mama named me. Hear me. And I tell people all the time, you know, the word says that he's going to make our name great. How could he make our name great? Sometimes it's as if we forgot what our first name is. 
Woo! I grew up in a. That's good to me. I remember. <laughs> listen, I was at uh, the ministry I grew up in, and we had this. Uh, I'm not even gonna say the title because if somebody's listening, if you're listening and you grew up with <laughs> me, you know exactly who I'm talking about. But instead of everybody calling him by his name. He mm-hmm. was called by his title. I mean, and it had gotten mm. so, so to the degree, it, was, it became like his nickname. His family called him that. His kids called him that. And it, wow. it just became so hilarious to me because it was like, I realized, honestly, for years, I was at the same church with this guy, and I didn't even know what his first name was. <laughs> That's just who we begin to call him. You know what I'm saying? So, right. and, and you know, I had my personal. Um, I don't like titles either. Um, I I never really have. Um, I that people identify me if, if that's what you want to pull on that day and that's what you want to call me. I can respect that. That that's what you right. you know you feel as if you need to call me at that moment. But I tell anybody, I'm Cliff. That's me, and you yeah, you may get Cliff. You know, and you might not be able to handle Cliff, but that that is okay. who I am. You know, that is who I am. So that's kind of why I wanted you to explain that. But I also have you thought about it from a marketing standpoint? That would be a great T-shirt, y'all. Just Demetrius, yes, indeed. Yeah, like Just Demetrius, or you can even get Just, and uh, for people that want to order it, they can Home even put insert your name here. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it becomes a movement. I, I thought I've just been thinking about that. Cause I always think from a marketing standpoint and, you know, from a, even that's that's a, a ministry standpoint, too. Like, it opens up yes, conversations sir. for people to have and all of that. Just want to throw that out there to you. Um, Caught it. But thanks for explaining that because I know some people would overlook that and think, like, oh, that's just he just came up with that. But when I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, there's a purpose behind it. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that purpose behind it, okay? Now, yes, let's go on. Here we go. I can't believe this time is flying, too. It is flying <laughs> by us. Now, right. uh, we kind of already talked about this. We talked about the misconception uh, or the misunderstanding from from a psychology standpoint of what purpose was. Um, so you kind of already talked about that when we had the word in the beginning. Uh, but can mm-hmm. you go into a little more details about what your purpose is um, as far as in life, what your per- life purpose is? I, I believe that as human beings, we all have the same purpose. Mm. Now, the details and the intricacies of your purpose may differ from those of the next individual. But I believe that we all have the same purpose, and that is to maximize who you are. It is to mm-hmm. live everything that has been placed within you. And for me, that does personally mean a lot of music, a lot of servanthood. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to get into a lot of, oh, my purpose is this, and you need to discover your purpose, because I do truly believe the only thing that we need to do is come into the knowledge of who we are. And when that happens, 
this purpose word, it becomes a lot more tangible for everyone. Yeah. It becomes something that is no longer up in the sky, but it becomes something that is very real for us, that is within our reach, and that we can achieve. So my purpose is only to be the best Demetrius that Demetrius can be. That takes work. That takes mm. me every day when I wake up making a decision to be a good person, making the decision mm. to give out love and to be a light and to not take things personally because that's a big one. It takes me having the mindset that I am going to get things done today. I am going to achieve things today. Nothing and no one will stand in my way. Everything that is mine, I will lay my hands on. No one can take it. No one can snatch it. No one can occupy a space that was tailor-made for me. And so that, that is what purpose is to me. It is the full knowledge of who you are and operating in that. It can't get any plainer than that. You know, <laughs> it really can't get any plainer than that because I know people who have, um, and I've seen this in coaching sessions as well, who have put more emphasis on trying to discover their purpose than mm-hmm. knowing who they are. Right, because you can't even operate in your purpose if you don't know who you are. Exactly. And that's why we have some that have become copycats Hmm. and, you know, um, are going around mimicking other people because they feel like Hmm. this is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. No, baby, you got to find you first. And that's why I tell people, you know, even with ministry, you know, I know that there are people that cry, holiness is right, holiness is right. But, you know, one of the things that I've always pushed, I've always said this, we cry so much for holiness. If we really understood what it was, first is holiness. Listen, hear it me. It has to be holiness. Yes, sir. It has to be holiness. And that's in all core areas of your life. We've, we've cried holiness, 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 but yet we're out of shape. Talking about myself. We're out of shape. Uh-huh. You know, with, with, you know our, our mental capacity is on overload because we, you, you're a man, so you better not show your emotions. You better not talk about your problems. You better carry this thing, you know. So when I think about holiness, I think about wholeness, wholeness. Yes. And, and that's what I said in all core areas of, of our life. I think that that is very important, highly important. Yes, sir. You said something. Ooh. Yeah, I just I'm in, I'm enjoying tonight. Let's keep going here. Let's talk about <laughs> now. Let's talk about the music. We're gonna talk about the music, okay? Now first Hi. we're gonna talk about the singer, okay? And we're gonna talk okay. about the singer. We don't have that many more minutes. Do you have a couple minutes after we go off to do what we did last time? Sure. Okay. All right. So. We're going to talk about the singer first, and then I'm going to play the snippet. I'm, I'm going to let you, um, you know, introduce the song, and then we'll talk about that. And then by then, we'll probably have to go off the air, and then we'll do everything else off the air. Okay? Yes, sir. All right. So let's talk about the singer. How did 
when did you discover that you had it? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, that IT, like you knew within yourself when you opened up your mouth and began to stretch that voice and do all them riffs and runs and just the crazy stuff that you do. When did you realize that you had it? Like it wasn't just, you know, I sing in the choir or I'm just talented to lead a song, but you knew like I got this is a vehicle for for the giftings that are inside (laughs) of my life. I actually did not realize that until much later in my life. Now, I granted, I started singing at the age of two. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that because I had no choice but to sing. My granny <laughs> was like, you going to sing. So sing this song. And I, I tell everybody in my family, they know. Because every, most, no, everybody in my family is musically inclined. And so at the age of two, my uncles were already pretty decent musicians. They play every instrument known to man. They play them. You give it oh, to wow. them, they can play it. And so um, my grandmother's children, when I say my uncles, at that time, mm-hmm. one of my uncles was playing the keyboard and one was playing the drums. And then I had the oldest uncle play the guitar. And my mom, she sang. And so at the age of two, my granny was like, you going to sing? And Now Behold the Lamb was the, whole, was the first song that I sang. And I sang oh. the whole song. Every chorus, every verse, the bridge, the vamp. I mean, I made it a solo. And so <laughs> for the longest, it is a very vivid memory that I have because one time I know I sang in Houston, Texas, and it was probably a very small church, and I sang Now Behold the Lamb. And I remember this man coming up to me after, and he shook my hand, and he had put money in my hand. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I was all right. But I truly discovered that it was something, you know, for me to use as a tool until I was a teenager. From two to about 15, I sang. I led worship at my dad's church, um, was the choir director at that very young age. And then at the age of 15, I left my dad's church to actually work for another church in the city that I grew up in. And they were, you know, I was at my dad's church. He was like, you're my son. you just going to sing. But when I had a church that actually paid me right. for, you know, my giftings, I was like, oh, wow, I can make money from this. It's it's mm-hmm. not only, you know, something that I'm anointed to do, but it is also a tool for wealth because the scripture says I've given you what you need to get wealth. Come on, somebody. Come I on. need my Bible readers now. Okay. So <laughs> it was then, probably at around the age of 15, that I realized, okay, it's not just something that I'm okay at or I'm gifted to do, but it's something that I'm, one, really good at, and, two, other people appreciate that in me, and I can use that. Cool, cool, cool. Now, let's talk. Listen, we... You said something, and I want to hit this because, you know, this is a big controversy controversy oh, in the body of Christ. You said that you sung, and somebody placed money in your hand, and you realized that you could 
you know, prosper off of this thing. Like you could, Absolutely. you know, get some some finances, some little coins. Well, not little coins. Some little coins. coins. Oh, yes, Lord. From it. Okay. Now, how how do you feel about those who feel that musicians and singers or psalmists or, you know, um, soloists should not be paid? For what they do Do you really want to know my answer to that question? I want you to answer this Listen, I, this is real Get real You know, and I know you're going to be real So go ahead and, and lay it on me I, I, I'm disgusted by that And it is mm-hmm. not Because I'm a musician But I feel like You should value And appreciate The gifts that are at your disposal. There's a difference right. between using a thing and abusing a thing. See? I have friends who are musicians. That is their vocation. They don't do anything other than music. And I've seen some of my friends be abused by the system, and I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of my friends truly profit by the system. It's twofold, though, because the system has to be able to appreciate you. But also, especially in the church world, you also have to be willing to, to one, know that your gift comes from God and should be used for him. Mm -hmm. And that you're not always going to get what you think you should get out of it. But I think Mm -hmm. that it should be a fair system. Excuse me. I think that you should most definitely appreciate the gifts that are at your disposal. Musicians work just as hard as the pastor. Absolutely. They are at rehearsal. They are at Bible study. They are at Sunday morning service. If the pastor goes to preach somewhere, they go with him. And a lot of people do not know how hard it is to be a music leader to have to govern people who half the time don't want to listen to you or don't show up to rehearsal or don't show up at church on Sunday. Or if they do, they show up wearing whatever they want to do and just negate the whole wardrobe that you sent out a month in advance. Like there are so many things, so many different attitudes, so many different spirits, if that's the word that you want to use, that you have to Mm -hmm. deal with. And it is a major pet peeve of mine when pastors do not, um, what's the word I'm looking for, do not thoroughly appreciate the help that they get when it comes down to music. I will tell you, especially I live in Texas, half of the musicians I know are not paid what they should be paid. Mm-hmm. But they do the, they do it out of the goodness of their heart and out of their love for God. Right. So if you telling me, you don't need to pay a musician. All you basically said to me was, you don't need a musician. Goodbye. You want to eat. You want to feed your family. And I'm glad you hit both aspects of it, where you talked about uh, the system needs to respect the musicians, and then the musicians need to, in turn, respect the system as well. So Absolutely. I, I, Great answer, and I really think that um, 
sometimes when there's lack of communication there or there's not communication for an understanding that is caused a lot of the the church culture to lose a lot of awesome musicians mm-hmm. because of that very thing. Listen, we're ready to go off the air. What I want you to do, Demetrius, um, like I said, we're going to do a lot of the stuff off the air. And those who are listening live, you'll be able to hear this on the podcast version or the replay of tonight live. Um, thank you all for joining us on tonight. I know something was said that will bless you, and I know if you continue to listen to the replay, you're going to be even more blessed. Friday night, I'm sitting down with my brother. This is my first in-face interview or conversations. He's coming over to the house. Gordon Walker, Jr., guys, he is amazing. That's, that's my brother. That's my brother. So I want you guys to tune in on Friday. Then on Sunday, we're sitting down. Got a special guest on Sunday, guys. So I want you to tune in Friday to learn who that guest is. But listen, guys, as I always say, I want you to create a great day. I want you to walk with purpose and by all means execute your vision. And don't let anybody distract you from what you were called and created to do. All right, we're off the air now, okay? So now let's talk about you found out that you had it, okay? Now, mm-hmm. what genres do you sing? Do you limit the genres that you sing? Or do you I sing to. all genres? Okay. I sing everything. Listen, if you're writing a check, I'm singing. <laughs> Hear me. I feel you. Listen, but R&B, soul, opera, classical. Listen. But the thing is, like, I like that you said you said you used to, and I'm glad you grew from that to understand, you know how. And I, like I say, I tell people. If somebody can't sing, I'm not going to recommend that person, okay? If I might let somebody hear it, we might have a good laugh every now and then because I laugh at myself when I try to sing, okay? But the voice that you have can't be limited to one genre, you know? And how how did you get to the point where you stopped limiting your voice? I think it, it, it played a lot into the fact that I only sang gospel in the beginning. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and when I finally listened to other music and, you know, kind of became familiar with the sound, in the beginning I was like, oh, well, R&B music sounds like this. I'm too gospel to do that. Or country music sounds like mm-hmm. this. I'm too gospel to do that. And mm-hmm. it kind of kept me in the box that I was in. But it wasn't until I began to vocally expand and try different things and then realize, oh, I can do this. And also realize that what you heard is not necessary, necessarily the template for that genre. You know, you can still mm-hmm. take what they're doing, mix what you do well with it, and do it your own way. And it can still be R&B. Right. It can still be right, so. Right, right. It can still be gospel. Right. Okay. 
that I feel yeah, and I feel like Little Nas X has kinda did that, you know, with his whole little country rap type thing, like he made it his own thing. Um Right. Now, let's go here. Okay. Who are some of your favorite singers? Oh Lord. Um B Slade or Tony. Yes. Whoever, whoever oh. you know him as. He is Straight like B. my Listen, he is my vocal idol. I love him. Um, oh, man. I love, I love <laughs> Aretha Franklin. She is like, to me, the greatest singer who has ever lived. She just did what she did so effortlessly. And every time she executed, sang the same songs over and over. You can listen to. 10 Aretha Franklin live, you know, songs or versions of that same song, and she never sings it the same. She is like, she is music. Listen, I love Aretha Franklin. Who else do I like? Beyonce, shoot me now. I am in love with her work ethic and her songwriting. I do not think that she is the greatest vocalist that has ever lived, but the girl can sing and she writes. And she has this music game on lock. She makes it work for her. She has taken an industry that has been dominated by everyone else and said, if I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it my way. Yes. Yeah, I love being... I love J2. That's my favorite rapper of all time. Listen. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so those are the singers that you, and your voice kind of, like, I feel it, especially the B. Slade thing. I can, yeah, I can see that, yo. I, <laughs> yo, could you imagine y'all collabing, though? Yo, I have that would be crazy. Listen, it's going to happen. And I believe it, and I can't wait for it. Oh man! I yeah, do. That would be I bad. do. I do have to add one more singer to the list. Okay. And because this is the first singer who ever influenced me, and that is my grandfather. Awesome. Um, my grandfather is—he's still living, and he's about what seventy-six, or he'll turn seventy-six December second. And when I tell you. That that man can still sing and play the crap out of any kind of guitar that you put in his hand. Yes, my papa, my first musical influence. That's what's up. Oh, man, that's what's up. Now, you're talking about your family playing instruments. Do you play any instruments? Uh, No. My voice. I have um, taken piano lessons for a little while, so I can kind of, I, I tell everybody, I cannot play, but if you play it wrong, I can come over there and show you what you need to do. I get what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, let's talk about the songwriter, okay? Let's talk about the songwriter. Now, I asked you about singing uh, specific genres. When it comes to your songwriting, is, is there certain genres that you have excluded from or you're not willing to write, or are you open there as well? I am so open. Listen, okay. the more zeros, uh-huh. the more open I am. I need you to know. But 
Um, I, I am very man. open. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like even when um, I am challenged to do something that I'm not super comfortable with or that I don't have a lot of experience with, I like the challenge because it, it pushes me out of where I am now. And it ultimately expands me. And that's also a credit to my resume. So now I'm right. writing um, pop music. I'm writing um, yeah. soca or reggae. I am, I'm writing gospel mm-hmm. and CCM. I'm doing all of those things. And there was a point in my life where I was like, can I do that? Or I don't know. I don't, but I'm doing it. And every time I do it, more doors open, and it builds a new level of confidence in myself. Awesome. And, guys, if you're out there listening, and you heard us talking about purpose earlier, um, but I want you to understand that what you're, what you're listening to is the manifestation of purpose because you hear the passion behind what he's talking about, and then you see the growth as well. Like I started out here and I boxed myself in here, you know, because that basically was what I knew. That was my comfort zone. And then I allowed myself to breathe a little bit and breathe a little more and breathe a little more. And the more I allowed myself to breathe more, I realized, oh, I can experience success in this as well. So, guys, if you want ever want to see purpose manifested, listen to everything that's been said on this show because he slowly walked us through, you know, his process and the process he's continuing in. Now, okay, I think I asked you this the last time as well. What is your writing process? Yeah, I don't really have a specific writing process. There are several things that can take place when I'm writing or have taken place um, before I started to write a song. If I am writing for myself, there is definitely not a writing process. The only time that Demetrius can create music for Demetrius is when he's been inspired. Okay. Um, Okay. And that inspiration can come from life experience, a dream, an encounter with God, an encounter with a God-like human, um, mm-hmm. past failures, past successes, and that's the only way that I can write for myself. Now, when I'm writing for an artist, I I have to kind of push myself into a process because I want that check. And so, right, um, right, I you. a lot of times, what I share with an artist, and I it is, I don't work with an artist that I don't believe in. First of all, mm-hmm. and so when I decided or agreed or signed to write for you, I truly believe that you have what it takes to do what you're trying to do. And I will share what I've done with this most recent artist that I worked with was, you know, we sat down and we talked about a lot of her experiences and a lot of the things that hurt her, um, a lot of her hopes a lot of her failures, and also a lot of what she wants to happen in her life. And so we did that, and we got with some producers, and they sent us some sounds or some beats, 
And then I kind of took what I got from her and listened to the beats. And I was like, this will work. This won't work for us. Too, this one's too fast. This one's just too all over the place. And we really took a lot of time. I want to tell you probably about the past two years we've been working on her album to mm-hmm. to put together a collective sound that conveyed what she wanted to get across and also um, exhibit or, you know, portrayed her vocal abilities. And so there's no specific process. It's all about who I'm writing for and, you know, what the goal is that we want to accomplish. Okay. And since you begin to talk about the artists that you're working with now, I want you to take us into the snippet that we're going to play. We're going to play a snippet of a song that he has written for an artist. It's going to be coming out soon. I'm going to let him talk about it. We're going to play that snippet, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the song. And then I just have a couple more questions, and, you know, I'll I'll get out of your face. All right? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Absolutely. So the snippet is a snippet of a song that I wrote um, called Connect. The artist that is singing it is a wonderful Nigerian artist who now lives in Dallas, Texas, named Adia. We've been on a little tour for the past month or so, and it's Connect. We were literally sitting in the studio just chilling, talking, laughing, good vibes, and the one of the guys that was there started to play like a few notes on the keyboard, just joking around. And within probably five to 15 minutes, this song was written. So without further ado, here is Connect by Adia O, written by yours truly. I do not like to waste my time. And, I, yes. you know, if you, 
if we're gonna you want longevity, I may be here to give you that. But if you want right. temporary, I also may be here to give you that. Just let me know. Help you. me help you. Come on. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But yeah, that I'm the same way, straightforward. I don't have time for wasted time. Not at all. At so all. that's what's up. I love the song. I love the song. And I can't wait Thank to you. hear the album. What's the release date? The album is going to come out a little later. Well, probably spring 2020. But that song, Connect, will be out December 13th on an all digital no, platform. Really? Yes, sir. Oh, I thought it was next year. So it's coming out on the 13th. December 13th. Listen, we have been waiting on a release date like for the past three months or so. And the last date that I got was probably January 2020. But today, we got an official release date. It is December 13th. It's on and popping out everywhere. So here, December 13th, like I said, I have a lot of shows in December. I can't remember if I had one on the 13th. I don't remember what day that's on. But we'll talk. I'll talk to you later. We'll talk about it later. For sure. I want to sure. be able to play the whole song here on the um, on the broadcast as well, because I want everybody to hear the whole song. The whole song goes hard. Yeah. <laughs> you think that, hey, that, was hard, hey. that whole song goes hard. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay. Now, um, now, you also said that you wrote, you wrote or have co-written all the songs on the album or the majority of the songs yes. on the album? Yes, every right. song on okay. that album. Yes, sir. Man, yes, listen, sir. like, I'm excited for you because, you know, I've seen some of your journey, um, you know, back some years, you know, some years now. So seeing what God is bringing to pass in your life is just so awesome, man. It's just Wow, it's amazing, really. It really is. Like it, everything that you went through definitely was worth it, you know. In the end, so here we go. Let's see here. What else did I want to ask? Well, you, I wanted to ask you what inspires you, but you answered that question. I said, well, "Can he slow down? Because he's trying to take over my interview <laughs> and stuff." But you answered that, okay? So now, <laughs> let's get to the three questions that I always ask you know, when we go off the air, okay? And that first question is, what advice would you give to someone that's interested in entering the music industry? Um, Be very humble and also be very sure of who you are because you will encounter those who would desire to change who you are or to sort of mold you into who they would like you to be. And so it's a matter of being very cautious and also being very sure. That's the key advice that I would give. You have to have some sort of backbone because if not, you will be ran over. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Have you always had that? that backbone about you, like the whole, like I listen to you talk and it's like, you know, you're like, listen, that money, right. You know, like how you're sitting here talking, have you already had that or is it something that 
you know, life lessons have taught you or you had a conversation with other people and they they helped you, you know, have that aha moment concerning, you know, yourself in the industry? Honestly, it was something that I always had, but it was not something that I always knew I had. It took me coming into the fullness of myself to realize that, okay, this is also a part of who you are. And when I realized that, oh, no, 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 I have have a strict no BS policy in every area of my life. If my job brings me BS, I will find another one. Right. I feel you. So now here on Transformation Radio and Transformation Radio 2.0, we like to acknowledge those who have served as mentors or leaders or, you know, those who have given us inspiration, given us, uh, have helped us become motivated within ourselves. Uh, we call them transforming transformers. Would you like to share maybe one to three or however many you want to share of uh, individuals that have been those transforming transformers in your life? Absolutely. Um, one, of course, th- this is not a specific individual, but my family. They mm-hmm. um, are a, a key component into all of the transformations that I've had in my life, all of the evolution that I've gone through and that I continue to go through. Everybody in my family, specifically my grandfather, I can call him at any time. And I we can we literally start every conversation just checking on each other. And fast forward two hours later and he is going in depth just talking about life, not knowing that that's exactly what I need to hear. Um, but definitely my family. Um, in ministry, I will say Pastor Cedric Adams. He's a, a pastor here in Dallas. I will, he pastors Divine Life, Christ Consciousness. Um, amazing individual, very awakened, very spiritually aware um, okay. of himself. And I ain't got too many more to go. Um, that's just about it. The other person that inspires me is me. Listen, I'm motivated. Listen. I want to be the best person Listen. I can be because that's what I want to do. Come on, somebody. Listen, 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 listen. That right there would have been one of my answers as well. You know, so I feel you there. I definitely yeah. feel you there. And if you if you don't get to a place where you can motivate and, and inspire yourself, and I tell people because people are like, yeah, that, they motivated me. Stop looking for external motivation. People can inspire Listen. you, but if you want that motivation to be perpetual, you need to find that you motivation. Got to motivate yourself. Listen. Definitely, definitely. So I agree. I agree. I agree. Listen. <laughs> Yo, okay, so one more question. Demetrius, who is God? Who is God? God is... To you, to you personally, who is he? Okay, who is God to me? I would like Mm -hmm. to say that when I look in the mirror, I see God. Yes. The scripture says, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. 
I don't have to look outside of myself to find God. He is not in a magical candy land in the sky. Um, he's in me, in my reflection. He is also in every individual that I encounter on a day-to-day basis. So who is God to me? God is humanity. God is that person that you frown upon, that you say is not good enough to be in your atmosphere. God is that homeless man on the side of the street that you're going to drive right past and not even look to the side to acknowledge him. That's who God is to me. Awesome. And you know what? I'm going to have to bring you back so we can unpack that very statement because, you know, to many, that's blasphemous. How dare you say that? But the more you grow and expand your consciousness or your God consciousness, you begin to understand exactly what you're saying. So we're going to have to bring you back, you know, sometime in 2020, and we talk about that, talk about some other things. But, again, thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you for coming back, even after, you know, we had the audio problems. I appreciate it. Um, Also, I want you to take time. I want you to, if you want to leave a message with those who are listening, and I want you to also give them your social media information so they can connect with you, follow you, if they're serious about the songwriting um, process and all that entails in that, if they're serious about booking you, I want you to give them that information. Absolutely. So if you're interested in working with me musically, my email is d d a N D R E M U S I C that's D D Andre Music at Gmail dot com. Serious inquiries only. You can let me know uh, what you're trying to do, what your budget is. I promise you, if I believe in you, I will work with you regardless. And for the rest of you, if you just want to look at me and see how cute I am, you can find me on Facebook at Demetrius D Moore. Um, on Instagram at Just Demetrius. My Snapchat, I don't know it by heart, but it's on my Facebook and my Instagram. And the message that I would like to give to everyone, first of all, Cliff, I thank you for having me on again. And um, I would just like to tell everybody to believe in yourself. If you don't, if you feel like you don't have something to believe in, find something. Find something that makes you feel worthy and deserving of all of the things that you want. And sometimes it does take work. It takes affirmations. That's one of the things that I do in my life on a daily day, day-to-day basis. I wake up, I say, today's going to be a good day. Today I'm going to prosper. Today I'm going to give and receive love. Today I will attract to me the things that I want to have into my life. It takes work, but I promise you, once you begin to – literally open up your mouth and say those things, that's when you'll begin to actually see those things become realized in your life. I love each and every one of you, everyone who's listening. I love everybody who knew I was going to be on here and didn't listen because they don't like me. I still love you, and I wish you nothing but the best. Come on, somebody. I'll say the same thing. I understand so, um, now you gave information to get in contact with you concerning the state. Mm-hmm. 
But there's a mm-hmm. whole nother element that we didn't really get to talk about too much, um, whether we want to call it preaching or teaching, <laughs> motivational right. speaking, or inspirational speaking. How can they get a hold of you with that as well? Um, it's um, You can reach me on my Facebook. You most definitely have to come correct because Yes. I'm just not checking for any of the extra, but um, you can inbox right. me on Facebook and also that same email address, which is um, both on my Facebook and my Instagram. So those are the two easiest ways to reach me. You can't have my phone number unless you live with me. So bye. Right. <laughs> All right. Listen, another great show, guys. Those that are listening, I thank you. I appreciate you. It is because of you that we are able to have this show. I want you to connect with me on all of my social media platforms. Simply go on and type in my name, and you will find me. Also, again, I want you to join us this Friday night, 9 p.m. We're back here with my brother, Gordon Walker, Jr. He's a prophet. He's an entrepreneur. He's an international co-author. He wears many hats. He is my massage therapist. So he's going to be talking, we're going to be talking about a plethora of things. uh, And I want you to be a part of the conversation. Also, guys, I launched a podcast and I want you guys to check my podcast out. Um, What is it? Where can they find it? (laughs) Sorry, guys, I'm thinking out loud. But visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com, and it's going to give you the What Now podcast, What Now podcast. I have one episode up right now, and I'm going to be doing some other recording this weekend, so I want you guys to check that out. Tell me what you think about it. If there's any topics that you would like me to uh, talk about, please write me and let me know. Other than that, Demetrius, thank you once again. Guys, we are out of here. Peace. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment. And if you do, you may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, This is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.